Third Rail Classroom is produced with the support of Bedford Freeman and Worth Publishers, the high school division of Macmillan Learning. BFW provides instructional materials and teacher support specifically for advanced placement, as well as some key on-level courses. Find them online at www.bfwpub.com. Hi there, this is John Golden, and before we get to this episode, I need to start with another apology. Like the previous bonus episode, we recorded this one way back in the fall of this year. But for reasons described in an earlier episode, the teacher strike here in Portland really put us behind schedule. In this episode, Santh and I discuss something that just about every teacher is required to do every fall, which is to set goals for the school year. I really wish that we'd been able to put this out earlier because Santha does a great job of describing how to make this process an actually valuable one. That said, I think it will still be useful here midway through the year as a way for teachers to reflect on how truly meaningful their goals are. But two more quick notes. The goal that I share here in this episode is based on the work of Bell Liang and Tim Klein from their book, How to Navigate Life, about the science of purpose. You may remember Tim from our last season when we interviewed him about student motivation. You'll find links to their book on our website. And last, you'll hear in this episode about how I put off writing my goals for weeks and weeks, but minutes after Santh and I recorded this episode, you'll be happy to learn that I finally actually wrote and submitted my goals to my administrator. Now, whether they actually read or do anything with them is the subject for another episode. Welcome to Third Rail Classroom. I'm John Golden. I'm Santa Cassell, and this is a show where we try to touch on those topics in education that are just not talked about enough, publicly at least. In this season, we're talking about teacher quality, one of the most impactful and least discussed topics in education, by us as classroom teachers, certainly. In particular, Santa and I want to talk about the ways that we can get better at our jobs, sometimes in spite of all the obstacles that are intentionally or unintentionally put in our way. And in these discussions with you, John, what I'm really hoping we can do is to focus on what's actually in our control, things that we can do to improve our practice regardless of those obstacles. Well, that's good to hear, Santa, because I really do need some help, like yesterday, specifically around the topic of goal setting. If you listened to the previous bonus episode, you heard that one of the first steps in my formal evaluation process is for me to write some goals for the year. And I have to say, I always hate doing this because the form we use is so cumbersome and the fact that no one ever seems to look at them, it makes me feel that this step is pretty useless. So Santa, what has your experience been with this formal goal setting process? I feel your pain. It feels so performative. But I was working with some teachers at my school a few weeks ago, and we were filling out the form together, which I will say is actually a great strategy. It made it a lot better just to do it with other people. And I had a little epiphany. I decided to develop a professional goal for myself around something that I am actually obsessed with. Students asking questions in the classroom. How to increase that. So at least one of my goals is completely real, true to my heart, and a research-driven best practice, even though the form is clunky. Yeah. So that form, my admin team has just sent out a Google Sheet where I and a bunch of other teachers in our building are supposed to link our goals. And I've been looking at that sheet for weeks. It's literally open right now on my computer as a tab. Instead of actually taking 20 minutes just to sit down and actually write my goals, I decided to go ahead and ask some other colleagues at my school about their experience with goal setting. So I recorded it. 
all right? And Santa, you haven't heard this yet, so let me play it for you, and so you can hear what they said, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You ready? So, hey, what's been your experience doing these required goal settings at the beginning of every school year that we're required to do? My experience is that it is a meaningless chore, takes time away from stuff that actually matters and might have an impact with students. Most teachers copy and paste the one from the year before, which they probably got from another teacher the year before that. We never look at them. We never circle back in any kind of meaningful way. My general impression is that it's a waste of time. I'm checking a box so that my boss can check a box so that their boss can check a box. My experience has been that nobody looks at them. Nobody discusses them with me. And that even when I was at a TSI school, all it was was a verbal check-in. Like, have you met these goals? Yes. Yeah. It's just an annual hoop jumping, yeah. you know, and they, they've got all these very, very specific ways that it must be done. It must be done like this, 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 and that. And then maybe someone will look at them at the start. Never will anyone ever look at them again. Mid-year review? No. End of the year review? No. Never. I can just recycle previous goals. I also feel like uh, this is a broad brushstroke, but most administrators that I've talked to over the years, they're simply also dotting some I's and crossing some T's, and they're not necessarily interested in having a real sincere conversation or challenging anything I said or didn't say, or actually marrying what I said I was going to do in a goal to what I actually did or didn't do. Hasn't felt super productive, a little bit formulaic, not a great use of my time, not a lot of follow-up. Ooh, I'm hearing some threads that carry through this conversation, your last conversation with Megan, and our first conversation. Teachers want to improve, but they feel like this is an artificial process imposed on them. Yeah. Like a lot of teachers we just heard from this, I confess that I have a lot of trouble with hoop jumping, Santa. At a previous school, I submitted the exact same goals for literally four to five years in a row. Not only did no one ever notice, but one of the goals even said that I would teach an entire lesson without ever using the word with a letter M in it. So, hoops. This Santa is why my inbox looks like this, with all of these reminders. Take a look. John, that is a really ugly inbox, and I can't unsee it. And also, you are being a really naughty, <laughs> naughty person. Yes, I feel like we have to come clean to the audience. They might not know you like I do. People, John does not like being told what to do. It's not true. I don't mind being told what to do if what I'm being told to do is useful or meaningful. Like, I'm not opposed to having goals for me and my students, but this just doesn't seem like the best way to get at it. And clearly from this, a lot of other teachers feel the same way. So, Santa, you've seen this form. You've worked with this form with others. What, what, what does this get wrong? Why does this seem so inauthentic? So, wait a minute. I have to use this form, too. It's not just with other people. I have to use it. I, I had to fill it out a, a week or two ago. And my thought is, maybe we're focusing on the wrong things. I spent a really long time trying to wordsmith my SMART goals. It was awful. Is it partly because the idea of a SMART goal just seems by itself so artificial? I think so. And I was trying to get it right. I was trying to use data. I was trying to use an improvement, a number that I actually thought would be a stretch that I'd have to work for, but that was possible. I tried to follow all the rules, and I hated every minute of it. Our hopes for these conversations is to help teachers to get better at their jobs, sometimes despite obstacles like these. So, Santa, will you help me and our listeners to try to make more meaningful goals today? 
I would love to. You know, the first episode, you said that I'd be coaching you on the air <laughs> live. And I guess this is what's going on. Yes. So here's what I'm thinking about. The form feels like noise. The SMART goal feels like noise. What if part of the goal setting slash observation process was a quiet conversation? Here's what I have in mind. What if I asked you a series of questions that would help you to get a change that you as a teacher want? And I'll admit, I am by trade an instructional coach, but you could have this conversation with anybody that you trusted and liked in your building. You could even have this kind of conversation with a friend or a partner. So here's what I'm thinking. It might go like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask my questions and let you think about them. What is bothering you about your classroom practice? What do you think would shift that? What is a small change you'd like to make that might address that thing that is bothering you? And then how could you measure the effect of that change? The result would be actual, meaningful, accessible teacher research, which is exactly what the SMART goals are trying to get you to do anyway. But this would not be fake and it would still be part of the teacher evaluation process, so it would check that box. And it would be great fodder for more conversations with colleagues and students. What do you think? All right. I am nervous slightly because I'm just seeing these questions for the first time. But the questions seem great. The questions seem way more meaningful and authentic than anything on that form. So I say let's do it. And... Uh, listeners will post these questions on our website so you can have these conversations with a colleague as Santa suggested or just if you don't have someone nearby that you can do you can ask these questions of yourself right all right Santa I'm ready you look ready you've got your game face I'm on. ready let's do it all right so John what is bothering you about your classroom practice I think the thing that's that I'm wrestling with the most right now is that I'm worried that the skills that I'm teaching my students don't feel real to them. That the reasons why I am teaching them, whether this is reading, writing, speaking, that they are skills that they're going to use in 10th grade English or 11th grade English or 12th grade English. In other words, I worry that what I'm really focusing on is too much about school. That, I think, is what's bothering me most. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that you don't think your students feel that the things that they're learning in your room are relevant outside of the classroom and they might not value those things the way you do. And, and to be clear, I, I don't think that it's quite that the students think that. I think the problem is that I think the students that I teach at my school, I think they are fine being prepared for next year English, 11th grade English, and 12th grade English. Like, I think they are fine. I don't think that's a them thing. I think it's a me thing. I am not comfortable with them simply feeling like they are prepared for that. Does that, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay. okay. So what do you think would shift that dynamic? I think that what I need to have them do more of is purpose. Purpose for them purpose outside of school. And I don't mean like some big grandiose, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm not talking profession. I'm thinking about life's purpose for who you want to be in this world. How do you want to try to be in this world? How do you think you can make a difference? How do you want to be known? Like I think that what I want to shift 
is to try to take these skills that I'm teaching them, reading, writing, speaking, listening, etc., and to try to bring it into their purpose. Okay, so now this is the hard part, but you've been doing this a long time. You have a lot of tools in your toolkit. I want you to think about a small change you'd like to make that would move your classroom practice and your students to what you envision. I think I need to ask my students to do more about their purpose. In other words, every time that I'm introducing a lesson, I have some learning targets, right? I've got some goals. I'm telling them, hey, this is what we are working on and this is what you're going to get to. But what I don't ever ask them, Santa, is why might you want to do this? So maybe one small change is every time that I'm introducing one of these new skills or these new approaches, I am asking them, why do you think this could be important? Okay, that's really great. And I think we're moving toward a concrete change. And I'm going to ask you one more time or way, what artifact do you want to see? Because we're getting to how you're going to measure the effect of the change. So what artifact could your practice create? That could be an exit ticket. It could be a padlet or a bulletin board. It could be a post-it note. Students stick on an assignment, a formative assessment, where they connect the activity with their lives or their brains or their cognitive development. So what's going to do it? It's a great question. I like this idea of a post-it of some kind. This notion of you just wrote this paragraph, let's say, and I taught you the conventions of, a, of an academic paragraph. Great. And I typically ask them reflective questions like, what do you think you did well with? What do you think that you need to improve on, et cetera? But maybe that post-it for each of these pieces that they're working on is, how can this skill help you in some way to achieve goals that you have? So maybe what it is is a series of every time that we do any kind of formative or summative assessment that they are attaching this additional piece. So this is so cool because you're already talking about doing this little tweak more than once. And it means that now the SMART goal is actually really meaningful. You do it the first time and you look at the percentage of students who can engage with connecting and then you're practicing it and talking about it and then you do it again four weeks later you have a second set of post-its that maybe will show that you have an effect and so now the smart goal means something it's not abstract it's actually really concrete and so my measurement would be the degree to which or the quality of which they can access this connection between the skills that I'm teaching in the classroom and their own lives yeah. and purposes. And I imagine, well, when I'm teaching a lesson, sometimes I think, oh, this is going so poorly. If someone walked into my room right now and asked students, why are you doing this? My students lots of times would not be able to answer that question. But what you're talking about is a practice that would enable students to explain to someone pretty much off the cuff why what they're doing is important. And that could inform and improve everybody's performance in the classroom, including yours. All right, so what I think you just did for me, I'm pretty sure, is that you helped me to write my goal. My goal might sound something like, I am intending on trying to develop 
this notion of purpose in my students' work. So they're making connections between the classroom skills and their own life's purposes. My assessment pieces would be these post-it notes that I'm going to ask for them to affix to each of the assessments and I would evaluate their connections between those. Does that feel like, uh, do you think I can, I can fill that, what you just described, into my form? I do. I think the form's still going to feel a little stiff and clunky, but now what we're talking about is something that you want to do. Yeah. You want to see it happen. You want to have these conversations with your students. You want your students to be able to talk about what they're learning and why. I mean, it, it sounds juicy and fun. Well, earlier in the episode, you heard all the teachers that I was interviewing about how bad that goal-setting form is and how meaningless the process is. But I actually asked them further about what would be a meaningful goal-setting exercise. And here are a few of their responses on that side. What would make this process just a little bit more valuable and authentic? Hmm. Valuable and authentic. It needs to be centered on our individual practices, our individual students and communities. I think maybe if it came a little later in the year, once we have a sense of what the strengths and weaknesses of a particular group are and can tailor them to our students that year, I think having them move away from some of the jargon, buzzwords and catchphrases and having them be more personalized would be a little more useful. The ninth grade patterns physics team has written a goal in common. We are writing the goal around experimental design. We want that every student by the end of the semester can ask a testable question and design a scientific experiment that could provide a reliable answer. They don't have to carry out the experiment, but our our goal is that they are able to deploy the tools of science to answer that question. Specifically, our goal is that 100% of students with 90% attendance or better will be able to meet this standard by the end of the semester. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is is if you can get other people who are doing the same thing as you to reflect on how well you're doing. Mm-hmm. Also, if you get the people who are doing it for and with the students, if you get the, their feedback on what you're doing, how it's going for them, mm-hmm. I don't know what else you really need to be getting. That's really the key thing. You know, if a community of teachers made their goals together mm-hmm. and thought about what would I like to see, how would I like to improve as a teacher, mm-hmm. which translates to my students being served better, mm-hmm. And then that group of teachers thought, well, how can we do that? Mm-hmm. And then we went and watched each other, mm-hmm. you know, by invitation. Hey, a week from Wednesday, I'm going to try this thing. Are two of you available to come watch and keep an eye out for this or for that? And I'd love to hear from my colleagues. What do you see? What don't you see? Or what's even, working? What's even, not working? Even if our goals were being written, you made me think that even if our goals were being written based on something like the district was like, hey, we see a need here. We see a deficit. Across the board, our students are struggling with reading. So every single person, how can we pair together reading specialists with English teachers, with social studies teachers to triage this problem? How can we do that? But right now we're writing it isolated in a vacuum by ourselves based on us and everything we do. Instead of saying the district has identified based on this baseline data, this problem. How do we collectively together come and write one common thing? And how are we going to support each other in that? Maybe it's watching each other teach or sharing some graphic organizers or something like that. Because right now it's just what's your problem and how are you going to work on it? I love those teacher-generated ideas for professional learning, and it underscores something I noticed in the clip you just played, which is that teachers want to improve. They really do. They just know that 
the structures that are in place right now aren't very inspiring and don't help them set meaningful goals. And the more opportunities we give teachers to design their own ways to improve their own learning, we're better off. In other words, let's put those teachers in charge. Okay, yes. All right, so before we wrap up out of here, do you mind just sharing again these four questions that you asked me? These would be questions that our listeners can ask each other if they're going through this goal setting, or they can ask themselves as they go through. Okay, so we start with something that's bothering you. That's a good thing to do because we're actively trying to improve the experience of teaching. We're actually trying to make it more joyful, which is really important right now. And then we ask a question, what do you think would shift that? because we trust teachers to have an intuition about what would work. Then we ask, what is a small change you would like to make? Because along with that intuition, teachers are always thinking, hmm, how could I make that happen? And then the fourth question is, how could you measure the effect of that change? And that's where we're constructing a SMART goal that's actually really meaningful and much more fun to say. Well, I'm gonna make this commitment right now to you And to anyone who's listening to this, I'm actually going to do my goals now. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to write them, and I'm going to submit them on that form. And more importantly, I am going to ask about them. I'm going to reflect on them. Hopefully, in a future episode, something you'll ask me, hey, how's that goal going? Wow. I love this so much. And friends, this proves it. Procrastination is not laziness. (laughs) Procrastination is when something's missing that really needs to be there. And so we overcame a hump today. And now you're going to clean up my email inbox, right? (laughs) I'm just going to erase everything. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the second season of Third Rail Classroom. Our goal is to have a new episode every few weeks that include discussions like this one with Santa about strategies for teacher learning. We'll have interviews with national experts on the challenging issues of improving teacher quality, like the previous episode with Megan Harowitz. And then we'll also have my reflections on this teacher evaluation process throughout the school year as bonus episodes when they happen. We'll collect and share all sorts of resources at our website, thirdrailclassroom.com. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. This episode of Third Rail Classroom was written by John Golden and Santa Cassell, produced and edited by Laura Love.